With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. According to reports, Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Reed, come on down. Must have just gotten their deals done. Not sure if they're going to play this first tournament in London, but uh, that just happened. Warriors-Celtics game three tonight. According to our buddies at DraftKings, the Warriors, three-and-a-half-point underdogs. Lightning roll the Rangers. Now we're tied at two games apiece. A detailed New York Times story on Deshaun Watson, the number of masseuses approaching 66. Now, not accusers, but over a 17-month period, he hired 66 different massage therapists. The uh, Waltons have uh, bought the Broncos about $4.65 billion. Angels fire Joe Madden. By the way, when you... Place a bid. Sometimes they want to know what's the most secure bid. So 4.65, that's that's a check that uh, Rob Walton is going to write to the NFL. The Panthers bid with David Tepper, not necessarily the highest bid. They want to know who is more secure. That money, can we get that? Do we have to wait? No, I got to sell something and then I can know. David Tepper owns the Panthers, probably went, uh, who do I make it out to? Okay. All right. He puts in a little memo thing, NFL team. Yes. <laughs> do you guys fill out the memo thing on a check? When you fill out a check, do you always put what it's for? Yeah, Paul. My wife does. She'll put like, uh, you know, a mortgage payment or whatever. Is that necessary? Is there is there any upside to it? I don't do it all the time, but then I don't do the books at home. My wife will say, what's this for? And I go, I don't know. And then she go, well, why don't you write it down on the little memo thing there? And I go, oh, okay. I always forget. I sort of know who I wrote it to. Sometimes you'll write it to a person, then you go, what did I, I don't know what I hired them for. Yes, Todd. I like to put a brief uh, description down, even if it's just three or four words, just in case you need to refer back to it, can't hurt. 
I don't think you're writing checks in your family. I do write some checks. I write a lot less than my wife writes. She handles a lot of the paperwork. But when I do write a check, just in case for some reason, like you said, you forget what it's for, you put a couple of words down, it just uh, can't hurt. What are your chores at home? I'd like to know what your responsibility is. I run the dishwasher. Is. I throw out the garbage. I'll put the garbage in recycling out, and then I'll come bring it the next day back up the hill. Um, all the way up the hill? All the way up the little, the little hill of the, uh, of the driveway. Yeah. And... Not a lot beyond that. Okay. We'll do an occasional vacuum, but not much. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yes, Mark. Occasional occasional vacuum. Sounds like a band. (laughs) I'll go to the grocery store and pick up some stuff. A Viking prince seeks to avenge his father's murder in the Northman, a certified fresh action-filled epic from theaters. The all-star cast includes Alec... Alexander Skarsgård and Nicole Kidman stream it now on Peacock. That's our streaming partner. Download the app. You can watch for free. 877-3DP-SHOW. Poll question for Hour 2. Seton, what are we going to go with? Hour 1, Dan, we had uh, who gets the first technical tonight, Draymond or the field? Right now, 69% of the audience think it's going to be Draymond Green. (laughs) How about that? Okay, if you're the Celtics, do you (laughs) bait him? Heck yeah. Okay. Before even tip-off. Somebody if, needs to be chirping at him. But if you're Draymond, do you bait the Celtics? Feels like that's all he does. That, that's the best thing he does when he's on the floor now. Yes, Marv? I'm looking for him versus Cedric Maxwell. I think they're going to have some issues. Well, Cedric Maxwell's an announcer. Cedric Maxwell. So Draymond responded to something Cedric Maxwell said, and it's a, it's a thing. Yeah, but how are they? They're not going to cross paths. He's right at the scores, you know, where all the radio announcers are. All right. Here's Draymond Green. Uh, I, I guess he's responding to Cedric Maxwell. Cedric Maxwell played with the Celtics. He was the finals MVP. Very good player. And uh, he's been an analyst for the Celtics for a long, long time. And uh, Draymond Green, of course, has to comment on everything. So he commented a rant about players from the 80s and 90s. One thing that baffles me about the 80s or the 90s or whatever you want to call when basketball was so much more physical is some of the guys that be talking weren't the guys that was punching people. You know, like, like they, they, they act like, you know, guys was just walking around the court like, I'm, hit, I'm hitting this guy in the nose. There were a few guys back then that would lay you out, that would knock you out, that would foul you and get thrown out the game, Bill Lambeer, Rick Mahorn. But everybody running around acting like they were that. Y'all were getting bullied. Like, like, and so it baffles me when every guy, just because they played in the 80s, uh, just because they played in the 90s, is like, man, if you played in our day, you get knocked out. Like... No, not really, because it wouldn't be you. So, okay, you saying Rick Mahorn would have knocked me out. Rick Mahorn probably knocked you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul. At first, I wasn't sure what he's saying, but I think he's saying all the people talking about how tough basketball was in the 80s and 90s weren't the enforcers. They weren't the Rick Mahorns, the Anthony Masons, mm. Charles Oakley. You know, Dominique Wilkins talking about it. He wasn't enforcing anything. Great player, but he wasn't enforcing. Yeah, but they were on the receiving end of this, so they have credibility. They were getting hit. So I don't know what Draymond's like. What's his problem? Yes, they hit you. And and the star players got hit. Just ask Jordan. The best player in the game got hit. That doesn't happen now. You can't do that to anybody now. 
Have, have Draymond go back and look at what the Pistons did to Jordan. The Jordan rules. They wrote a damn book about it. I mean, I'm glad that Draymond name dropped Rick Mahorn and Bill Lane Beer, but that was a, an entire team concept of what they were going to do to the best player in the game. Protect him? They didn't back then. If Mike played now, you wouldn't touch Michael. They wouldn't let you touch him. Absolutely not. I disagree with what Draymond is saying. Yeah, there were enforcers, but there were guys who were going to hit you. Kevin McHale was not an enforcer. Ask Kurt Rambis. He lassoed him, threw him to the ground. He didn't get tossed. The games get more physical, you know, the deeper into the postseason. They do. But back in the day, they were always physical. It wasn't an occasional. You expected the physicality. Now, I'm surprised when you get physicality. Like, wow. Back then, I was surprised when, if you went to the hoop, if I was going to foul you, I'm really going to foul you. And that was the case. You got hit. And if you're a rookie, you're not getting a call. That's the way the NBA was back then. Was it always knockdown, drag out, physical, uh, you know, guys getting thrown out of games? No, it wasn't. But it was far more physical than what you have now. You protect the stars now. Back then, they didn't. Yeah, more. Now it's 10 minutes at the monitor to see whether it's a flagrant, flagrant oh, yeah. one or a flagrant two. Yeah, I know. I don't even think McHale was given a technical they didn't, didn't you know they didn't have flagrant fouls they had they had playoff fouls is what they were called they were just fouls it wasn't like uh is that a water or two we gonna give him a technical no now should they have done that and protected the stars back then yes they should have but that's not what the nba was back then yes Eden. Well, it is true that uh, the game was more physical back then. Like, Draymond would also be allowed to be more physical. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, it sort of evens out in a way, I guess. Well, it would play to his strengths, but he's criticizing the 80s and 90s. Um, If he played in the 80s and 90s, he might get away with more and be even better as an instigator. But everybody else is able to do that. Now, you you know, they, they kind of, Draymond gets in your face or he tries to pull down your short, whatever it is, you don't want to retaliate because he wants you to retaliate. But I, I disagree with, you know, his labeling of the 80s and 90s. You're right. If Larry Bird is talking about getting hit, he wasn't an enforcer, but he was getting hit. Ask Steph Curry, how many times do you really get fouled hard? Remember Steve Kerr? Steve Kerr went nuclear. When Marcus Smart went after a loose ball and rolled up on Steph Curry's ankle, like, that's a dirty play. Come on, Steve. You know what a dirty play is. You know what a physical play is. Like, that? Oh, my God, did you see that? Yeah. Because it was Steph Curry. If it's Jordan Poole, nobody's going crazy over it. We protect our stars. You and you're protecting your investments, which I understand. Yeah, Paul. I heard something the other day. It's kind of akin to this comment. Jay, Jay Billis, our buddy, was on the podcast, and he said, why is basketball the only sport where we think the players from 30 years ago are better than the players now? He goes, nobody thinks that uh, you know, Joe Montana is better than you know, uh, Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, 
because of the physicality. Like Joe Montana might not be able to handle this type of physicality. He even said, he goes, there is nobody like Giannis in the NBA in 85. There was no you know, 6'11 guys who had that unbelievable athletic ability and handle. He goes, now we have, there's 20 guys like that. But Jay also said like the style of game might have been better in the old days. It was so non-reliant on the three. And that's why we romanticize the players of the 80s. I agree that the game was better, but the players today are more talented. Are they smarter? That's what I want to know. Like just the fundamentals of understanding the game. You know, today's game is really predictable. Back then, there was so much ball movement that you actually had a pick and roll, that, that you actually would cut back door. They actually had to play some defense. Now, it, it is different. Does that mean it's better back in the 80s? For me, it was. But not every game was. Not every player was great. Uh, nowadays, it feels like you got a lot of guys who think they're great, and they're not. But shooting threes, I mean, you got seven footers out there shooting threes. Yes, you never would have had that, but you didn't have the mindset. You didn't have the coaching. They wouldn't in- encourage you. To, they didn't even let Larry Bird shoot more than, what, two or three threes a game. He, he averaged just under two uh, three-point attempts in his career per game, Larry Bird. Nowadays, he's going to get at least eight, maybe ten. Yeah, more. Do you know the answer to this? How was Magic Johnson allowed to be a point guard? He was six nine. You know, I'm sure throughout high school and college, like no one said get in the post. I know, I know. It's just he had a great handle, and and that's one of those that you probably, if you're a coach, you go, God, our biggest player is our best ball handler. All right. I mean, I love that advantage. That whenever Magic stepped on the floor, I knew I had an advantage at one position, absolutely positively, because nobody was going to match Magic. They weren't. It was like, okay, you walk out on the floor and you go, all right, I got him. And I go, wait, you're the point guard? Yeah. Michael Adams is guarding him. (laughs) (laughs) That had to be nuts, because now we're used to point guards being 6'5 or over, but Magic wasn't like 6'9 and thin. or Is he 6'9? Then you met him. Yeah. But, I mean, he was not six nine. Even in college as a sophomore, he was not a thin, bony guy. Like remember, Penny Hardaway was six seven and probably one seventy at Memphis. Yeah, it's just you watch Magic and Magic. You know, now I wonder what he would be like because you know you're out on the break, but everybody shoots threes. And Magic learned to be a better three point shooter. He, he had a set shot. He didn't have a jumper. But great players will get acclimated to whatever they need to get acclimated to. Uh, I mean, they just do. They have to. Like, Mike was getting beat up, so he decided to lift weight. Nobody was lifting weights. Michael Jordan had a trainer. People are like, that's going to hurt your shot. You don't lift weights. Had Tim Grover there. I mean, that was radical. Yes, he... Another thing Michael Jordan invented. Yes, he did. Weightlifting. <laughs> yep. Nobody had done it before. No. In the history of mankind. Yeah. Not just not basketball. Just, not just the NBA. Wait, it's called weightlifting? Yes, you lift these things, it builds your muscles, you get stronger. Yeah. I thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> True story. That does bother me about the old days with Jordan never missed a shot. He did everything right. You know? And, and then... He didn't. Like Larry Bird, I think if you check his first NBA Finals, I think he had two games where he scored less than 10 points. That can't be right. I, 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 
if you should memory, apologize to Larry Bird. If, if memory serves me correctly, I'm not even gonna look it up. I, I, I don't want you. And to I right. feel bad. You can look it up. Yes, uh, Seton. Joe Montana gets a little bit of that treatment. Well, never did anything wrong. Never lost a game somehow. Well, you don't lose the Super Bowl and you don't throw an interception in four Super Bowls. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. But that's a lot of Super Bowls that he didn't make. But he made four. I know, I know. And he I'm won just, four. I'm just saying there's some similarities there. How many quarterbacks have won four Super Bowls? Well, let's start with Tommy. How many have not lost a Super Bowl? See ya, Tom. Yeah, see ya. But what? But he made it to the Super Bowl. I know, and I always thought that people held it against LeBron that he would lose, and he got to the NBA Finals. And I kept thinking, you go with Tim- Timothy Mozgov and try to win an NBA Finals. Like, come on. Yeah, Marv. That whole 07 roster, you could just name it. I'd rather not. Okay. Yeah, I'd rather not. How about the 0-1-6ers? Go ahead. Yeah, that's not good either. Yeah, Paul. What was your uh, Larry Bird accusation? I thought he had two games where he scored under 10 points in the NBA Finals, his first. First NBA Finals? Yes. Hold, please. Oh, boy. Let's, let me. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> not on my watch. Wait a minute. Overrated. Larry Jobert. Sit down, Paul. You overrated, overrated. <laughs> I know. We wanted to have a new segment. Overrated, overhated. Although I did like good idea, bad idea. That could be a new segment. Can you explain it? I think if you were, we throw out, we propose an, an idea and then figure out, is it a good, good idea? idea? Is it a bad, bad idea? idea. Uh, I, have a, I have an idea. I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad idea. But how about, how about this? How about we all have an idea? Mm, that's going to be tough. You're right. A sports idea. Good idea, bad idea. I have one coming up. All right, let, let me take a break. Reggie will join us in an hour from now. Your phone calls coming up. Back after this, Dan Patrick Show. Big day yesterday for the Danettes. They got a shipment from Link Soul. Link Soul Apparel got you covered literally from head to toe. Most comfortable and stylish gear and... They did a great job. Their spring collection, they got a lot of uh, new colors and styles. Uh, the wardrobe is going to make you ready to go, whatever you need over the summer. Going to dinner, they got a performance por- uh, polo shirt. You got the uh, Del Mar long sleeve shirt, bamboo pants. You got the uh, boardwalker shorts, as fi- uh, Fritzy likes to say. They're amphibious. They're amphri- Fritzy vs. Uh, he loves to wear those. Perfect for going to the beach or hanging in the backyard. If you're planning on Father's Day and making it great, include Link Soul. Something for you, something for dad, new styles, colors for the summer. Link Soul, prepared to add some fresh looks to your wardrobe and make this the best Father's Day ever. L-I-N-K-S-O-U-L. LinkSoul.com. Get 15% off and free shipping with your first order. LinkSoul.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. 
This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We played Draymond Green talking about Cedric Maxwell, a former NBA player with the Boston Celtics, now one of their analysts. And uh, he was talking about the, the way the game was played in the 80s and 90s in the physicality. Here is Cedric Maxwell talking about Draymond Green. Let me just say this to you, and I'm going to be as clear as I can. Wait a minute, hold on. That shit Draymond Green was doing, during the 80s, he got knocked the out. All righty. That's Cedric Maxwell. I wasn't sure what that word was in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what he said. I believe it was heck. Yeah. Uh, That sounded real. I don't know if Draymond walks by, you know, does the uh, LeBron chalk thing where he claps his hands right in front of Cedric. Uh, yes, Marv. So that caused Draymond to respond in no, such okay. a manner. Okay. <laughs> and Draymond would have been fine back in the 80s and 90s. He looked, he was made for that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, when he says, oh, everybody talks about, uh, you know, the, the way the game was played, and there's only a couple of enforcers, but there were people on the receiving end, starting with the best players in the game. Starting with the, the fact that the NBA would go... Hey, Pistons are beating the hell out of Michael Jordan. All right, that's the way the game is played. Mm, Not really, but they allowed that to happen. So much so 
they wrote a book called The Jordan Rules. All right, I said that Larry Bird in his first finals had a couple of games where he didn't play well at all. Paulie? May of 1981, Dan, uh, young Larry Bird, I think is 24, 24 years old. Yeah, he's 24 years old yeah. against uh, Houston. Yeah. In his first two games of that NBA Finals, which Celtics ended up winning, he scored 18 points, 21 rebounds. And then next game, 19 points and 21 rebounds. So hot out of the start. Okay. Games three and four, he scored a total of eight points and was three for 11 shooting both nights. Two bad nights for Okay, Bird. That would be a, if I'm Larry Bird, I would be walking off with my finger in the air that I called that one. You did. Imagine and, if nowadays, like if Larry scored eight points in two games. Oh, my God. Overrated. If LeBron had done that. Oh, my God. Yeah, Mark. He did do that, but it would have been, what does this mean for Larry Bird's legacy? Yeah. Coming up next. Is he a true superstar? By the way, uh, Paulie, check game six of that series. Yeah, Bird had 27 points, 13 rebounds, five assists, six steals, and two blocks. Yeah. <laughs> his rebound numbers were bonkers in the playoffs. Yeah, especially early in his career. Yeah. All right, good idea, bad idea. Got to be a sports-related idea. Todd, you want to go first? Sure. Good, good idea, bad idea. We'll judge. Okay. All right, since college football is becoming more and more like pro football, how about you got to have both feet down to catch the ball? No more of this one-foot stuff. I like it. Good idea. Yeah, get you ready for the NFL. Yeah, Paul. I, I disagree on this idea. I think it should be the other way, that the NFL should only have one foot down. You would increase great plays and more scoring. Well, they have a problem with completing the process. You'd only have to focus on seeing one set of toes down <laughs> instead of two sets of toes yeah, for the process. Yeah. But a good idea. Seton right. O'Connor, good idea, bad idea? Certainly not an original idea by me. Right. Um, but baseball should have an automated, automated strike zone. Okay. I think it's a good idea. I don't like that an umpire has a strike zone that's his. I don't like where, you know, you give them so much power here. Yeah. And that his strike zone from day to day could be different from game to game. Could be like, "Ah, I don't feel like calling it outside today. Depending on the hitter, depending on the pitcher, may not like them, whatever. I got my own strike zone. Really? I thought it was, there's a uniform, universal strike zone. Marv, good idea, bad idea. NFL teams for the 17th game. Should play at a college stadium. I like that. Ooh. Good idea. Good idea. Paulie, good idea, bad idea. I'm kind of marinating on Marvin's. That's that's fantastic. Um, if I'm the PGA Tour in the near future, I make Tiger Woods the PGA Tour commissioner. Make sure he spends the rest of his life promoting and being the face. Hasn't he suffered enough? I know. <laughs> well, he doesn't need the dough. In all seriousness, I, I would make Tiger Woods the PGA Tour commissioner. He's uh, he's lived the sport since he's born. Um, he's was at one time the most, one of the most famous people on earth. He still is. And you're battling other tours. Make Tiger the face of your tour, officially. How about he's your goodwill ambassador? I, I want him to be officially named like like Roger Goodell. He takes a lot. Of, I, you know, if I were the NFL, I'd make Peyton Manning commissioner. Yeah, but Roger gets $60 million. Yeah. Peyton, does Peyton want to, Peyton doesn't want to take on the no. slings and arrows of all this nonsense. He wouldn't want that. No. I don't think. Peyton's got a good life. It feels like his family is the commissioners of the NFL by default, though. Yes, he. And, like, does Tiger want to negotiate the next TV rights deal? I don't know. Oh, he doesn't want to deal with any of this stuff. He'd have henchmen for that. His, his backup guy. I don't even know what the commissioner, Jay Monahan, does. Perfect. Tiger could <laughs> nail that job. Like, I Tiger could nail that job. I, I don't know. I don't know. What exactly does the PGA commissioner do? I don't know. 
<laughs> he probably plays a lot of golf, wears a lot of blue sport coats and, uh, you know, khakis. I don't know. A lot of dinners, drinks. I mean, I could, <laughs> I'll volunteer to do that. I'm doing that now without the blazer. All right, here's my good idea, bad idea. I'd like to develop a shoe that will change colors the faster you run. Let's say you're, you're watching a football game and Tyreek Hill catches the ball and his shoes will actually change color as he's running down the field. Or a baseball player running around the bases gives you another visual to watch. Now, I, I haven't really workshopped this, but I just was wondering, could you do something like track and field? You see the colors changing as they get to the 60-meter mark, 80-meter mark. Good idea, bad idea. Foley? Fun idea? Is that a category? Mm. If, the, if you're really, really slow, do your shoes get whiter? Yes. Yes. Very, very white. <laughs> yes. Very, very white. Yes, Tom. I'd like to see that as long as the lights are thin enough, it's not like a big yellow line like the first time. Is it a good market. idea or bad idea? I, I'd be interested to see that. I'd say yes. Is it a good idea good or bad idea? Good idea. Okay. Seaton? Yes, yeah, fun. No, no, it's a fun idea. Yeah, it is a fun idea. But not a good idea. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fun, but no, like, no, what no. is it going to be like? Hey, look, this guy out there is running faster than everyone. That's really all it. But his shoes would change color. Yeah, that's fun. I think kids would love it, and it would sell well. Yeah. Like, well, if you have a, um, a wide receiver and a defensive back running, and you'd be like, oh, man, his is more red, and the other guy's is only orange, he's going to catch it. Yeah. Like, look, look, at those, <laughs> look at those shoes that they sold to kids that have the little light that uh, blinks when they walk. Well, Get some phone calls. Here. Like, I'm bummed out you are. That's <laughs> all right. What's wrong with a fun idea? <laughs> But a fun idea is not a good idea. But it's fun. Yes, Todd. How about just for the Nickelodeon broadcast? That's fine. I'm fine with that. That scene's kind of got me sold. Maybe you don't do that for like all the games. It's more fun than good. And that sounds wait, wait, like a, you're retracting. I think I am. Good. I think based on Steve's response, I think you do it, but only for the Nickelodeon for the kids, <laughs> not for the adults. The adults don't need to see the little lights blinking. No, thank you, Todd. Hey, how many times are we playing the game that these guys are going to change their shoes? Doug in North Carolina joins us on the program. It's a fun idea. Thank you. Yes, Doug. Dan, I was calling to talk about 80s basketball, but what I'm about to say fits into this whole good ideal, bad ideal thing. So uh, I'd love your opinion, and hopefully you can ask Reggie Miller about this. Okay. I'm looking right now at Bill Ambert's numbers in comparison to Ben Wallace. Both played for the Pistons, won championships. Ben is in the hall. Bill is not. Lambert has twice as many points, almost twice as many assists, and they're basically tied in rebounds. I think he's not in because Michael Jordan would cry. So, Dan, you were the man who got John Facenda into the hall. Yeah. I'm asking you to pick up this mantle of injustice and get Bill and Beer into the hall. Good idea, bad idea. All right. Well, thank you, Doug. Um, I don't think Ben Wallace is a Hall of Famer. He won some Defensive Player of the Year awards. He was a great off-the-ball defender. On the ball, I always thought that he was undersized and he was not going to be able to stop the great centers. But he was great off the ball, but he didn't help you offensively. He won Defensive Player of the Year 
I don't know how many times. I'd have to look at the numbers there. Bill Lambeer is a better basketball player. Plus, if I'm going to factor in his coaching acumen as well in the WNBA, if, if you're going to factor in everything here, did Bill win a couple of championships in the WNBA? Paulie, what do you have for uh, Bill Lambeer? Bill Lambeer, in the meat of his career, age 25 to 30, he was a four-time All-Star, won two NBA titles with the Pistons. He was averaging during that run uh, uh, pretty much like 17 and 12 a year. Really nice stats. He does suffer that it felt like he was maybe the third best player on his team at his best. Yeah, but they went to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So Rodman went to the Hall of Fame, Dumars Hall of Famer, Isaiah Hall of Famer. It's kind of like the Steelers. A lot of Steelers are in the Hall of Fame that maybe yeah. weren't the best players, but they were part of that Steeler run. Yes, Mar. If they, They're probably the best teams from maybe 87 to 90. If they win those four straight, like Bird doesn't steal the ball in 87, hmm. the Phantom call against Kareem in 88, then they win 89-90, all those guys are probably in. Yeah, Paul. Bill Ambeer could be Hall of Guys you'd want on your team. He may not be in the Hall of Fame, but... If you want your team to win, you would love to have him on your team. And, and, and look, I, I hate to compare Ben and, and Bill, but, you know, I, I understood Ben. He was a good defender, but I, I just didn't think that was enough. I, I don't know if teams were like, oh, my gosh, we got to worry about Ben. Uh, he was just he was a specialist. He was popular. But he was a, a specialist. They both made the same number of all-star games. So, I don't know. I'm still trying to get Foreigner in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, how's that going? Not very well, oh. you know. I can get John Facenta in the, you know, Pro Football Hall of Fame, but I can't get Foreigner. They're in. not in? No, I don't think so. Although that's going to be awkward if I keep you know, railing against the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Foreigners, actually. Would you check and see if Foreigner is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame point? If you ask me that again. Um, <laughs> I have them not in as of last year. Okay. They've been eligible since 2002. Cold as ice, double vision, hot-blooded. I want to know where love is. Jukebox Hero alone should get them in and urgent. Those are hits. Yes. They probably sold 100 million albums. Oh, in their sleep. No. And those people can't be wrong. No, they can't. <laughs> Well, they were wrong about Bon Jovi. That is incorrect. <laughs> they were wrong about Bon Jovi. <laughs> you take those words back. Uh, Jim in Michigan. Jim, good morning. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan. Thanks for call. 510-235. Hey, I want to, when you spitball an idea like you had, I think you need to take it to the next level. And, uh, you know, we could take these changing colors into horse racing and into NASCAR. That way, when we're watching it, we won't know which horse is coming out of the corners or which driver's in the lead, but we'll be enjoying the color changes as they accelerate out of the corners. All right. I like it, Jim. We can partner up if you want to. I just have to find, you know, somebody who's going to be able to come up with the fabric that you can wear that will change colors the faster you go. Yes, Paul. Foreigner sold over 80 million albums worldwide. All right. Wow. All right. I think Foreigner's worthy of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, let's see. What else do you have? I found some articles about Foreigner. Not, not a ton of them not making the Hall of Fame, but they said they were not critical darlings in the 80s, but they, were, they sold a lot of tickets to concerts. They had a lot of hits, and they sold a lot of albums, but they were never critically reviewed well. Yeah, well, I blame that on the critics. 
The critics were rough on Led Zeppelin when they first started. The critics of Rolling Stone loved Boz Skaggs. No matter what album he put out there, yeah, Boz Skaggs. <laughs> I got a question. It's going to sound naive. Is that a person or a band? It's a person. All right. Oh, because it could be a band. Yeah. It could be a band. Boz Skaggs could be, you know. Tom. Like Jethro Tull is, right. a, is a band. Ian Anderson is the lead singer. Is that a band? Jethro Tull? I thought that was a person. No. You learn something new every day. All right. Yeah. But Boz Skaggs, Lido Shuffle. Yeah. Anyway, what do I know? I was just a DJ spinning the wax. <laughs> uh, Anthony in Seattle. Hi, Anthony. What's on your mind today? Hey, how's it going, Dan Patrick? Uh, 5'10", about 195 from Seattle, but born and raised in Salina, Ohio. Okay. Well, I had a quick question for you uh, in regards to NIL. Um, I don't think anybody's talked about it, but if universities and schools know that these individuals are getting paid that money, are they still granted their scholarship or are they holding it out for other athletes who might not have that opportunity to make, you know, no, X amount of scholar, millions of dollars? scholarship is step one in the process. Thank you, Anthony. That's separate. Scholarship, then NIL, although I think it's probably NIL and then scholarship in a lot of cases here. Uh, William in New Hampshire. Hi, William. What's on your mind? Hey, William. Bye, William. Cassidy in Nevada. Hi, Cassidy. Hey, Dan. So I have bad news for you on your shoe idea. Okay. I'm a runner. I'm running right now, listening to the show. <laughs> and I just thought, are you on a treadmill? You're on a treadmill. I am. Okay. I am. Okay. Be careful. I thought lights in my shoes. It's added weight. Everything is about getting rid of as much weight as possible. So I don't think anyone's been aware the shoes in real competition because they want to get rid of the weight. Well, thank you, Cassidy. Be careful. No, we're going to do this. That it's going to be a light. It's going to be a fabric. It, it, I say we. <laughs> I just We're going to do this. I got to find somebody. Call Mark Cuban. I got to find the other part of the, the we. But no, it's not like they're going to be heavy shoes. It's going to be a fabric that changes color. So to be Adidas or Nike or Puma, they're going to be able to create a shoe that has a fabric that will change. So it doesn't add any weight. It's fun. <laughs> Shut up. Shuma. Shut up. That's fun. That sounds like fun. Let's take a break. Back after this. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Paul in Washington joins us. Hey, Paul, what's on your mind today? Good idea, bad idea. Okay. Uh, in, regard, in regards to interleague play in Major League Baseball, uh, having every other year uh, let the visiting league's rules apply. So we can see pitchers hit in Fenway. We can see the DH in Wrigley. All right. Thank you, Paul. Now we're at that. We're past that. Now we got the DH. Like, uh, I'm good. I'm good with it. I don't. I don't need. I don't need to see pitchers hit. It's okay. 
you know, we, we've been, it used to be because the American League needed offense and then they, you know, had a designated hitter. We're past that. But it feels like, all right, it's all about offense. Well, if that's the case, then have the National League and the American League. Everybody gets a DH. Uh, Jose in Florida. Hi, Jose. Hey, I'd like to see college football kind of adopt the European soccer model. You know, if the SEC, let's say, partnered with a regional lower mid, mid-level conference, and then, you know, the bottom team moves down, the top team moves up. Let's say Vanderbilt's out for a year and Central Florida's in for a year. And that gives the mid-majors something to, to play for and a little more ammunition because the way things are going, they're going to be irrelevant pretty soon. Yeah, I'm all for relegation. Thank you, Jose. I think it would be fun to watch, but you'd have to have it based off of, I guess, a ranking system where the top 40 teams stayed and, you know, faced each other. And then you had another league that was underneath that, where that might com- be comprised of 40 more schools. And then you would have relegation where you could move up, move down. You win the division one double A title, you move up. That, like it could be fun to watch that. But let's get to that point where I think we're going to get to maybe, you know, is it 60 schools? Is it 40 schools? We're going to eventually have the upper echelon. And uh, then you're going to have a secondary uh, tier as well. Yes, Eden. Somebody just sent this one in and it's sort of a takeoff of your idea Mm -hmm. uh, about light up shoes. Yeah. What if in football, the ball lights up once it crosses the once it's a touchdown? (laughs) Like when you're in line at Applebee's and they give you the little thing that yeah, buzzes yeah, yeah, when yeah, it yeah. paps party of four. Exactly. I like that. It's got the little ring of lights. See, that takes a that's a that's a good idea. It took the NFL a long time to pick up one of my other ideas, and that was pylon cam many, many, many years mm-hmm. ago. Uh huh. Because mm-hmm. I said you put the camera across the goal line and you put the camera down the sidelines. Got a great angle. Took a long time to get that. Also, it took the NFL forever to add that extra playoff team. Remember when I told you that? That's when we played Good Idea, Bad Idea in 2008, I think. No. It took a while. <laughs> I, you know, and, and my source was somebody from the NFL home office who told me this. And I go, oh, my God, I got this. I come back on a red eye from, uh, well, I don't, I don't need to say where I was, but I was a red eye coming back from a game, and all, I came in the next morning, and I go, hey, I got it on a great, great source. They're going to expand the playoffs. I wonder, though, if the commissioner goes, oh, I'm going to screw Dan Patrick here. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to make them wait like five years. He's going to look like a fool. And I did. People are like, oh, you said there was going to be a play. The person who told me this, yes. And he even said, hey, you got questions? Ask me any questions you want. I said, you know, ask him a variety of things. I asked him about marijuana testing. Uh, ask him about HGH. Ask him about uh, if they're going to add a playoff team. How many playoff teams? Uh, ask about Europe. Uh, ask about Mexico. Ask about Canada. All these things. And I'm thinking, I'm good. I'm dialed in. And then I realized Commissioner Goodell probably said, oh, let me see if I can embarrass this guy. Even though it's good for the league to do all these things, I'm going to embarrass him. Uh, Matt in South Carolina. Hi, Matt. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan, um, 5'7", 190. Just want to give a quick shout-out to my brother, Tripp, even though it's not his birthday. Um, but my question to you is, do you think that the Live Tour could use NIL to cherry-pick 
the top collegiate golfers and invest in the future of having all the best players 10 years from now? Thanks. All right. I don't think you name, need name, image, and likeness. Like the Saudis don't care. They're not playing. They're not governed by anybody. It's like, here's the money. You want to come in? We're going to guarantee you $6 million. Get some of the best college players before they even get on tour. I mean, imagine if you had taken Scotty Scheffler, like that whole Texas team, and just said, hey, guys, you guys want to make money? I don't know how you decide who stays and then who doesn't stay on the, the live tour. How many players are you going to have? Now, it's a shotgun start. Well, you can't do that. If I add 70 players, 80 play, I can't do a shotgun start. And if you're going to have a smaller group, like do I need Taylor Gooch? Louis Oosthuizen? Like year one, I need you. Now DeChambeau and Patrick Reed are apparently reportedly going to join the uh, live tour. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, Josh in Vermont. Hi, Josh. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan, 62205. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I know a little bit about thermochromatic paint. It's this paint that changes colors with the difference in heat temperature. So, like uh, the Coors can, how it turns, the mountains turn blue when it's nice and cold, ready to drink. Perhaps your shoes could have some thermochromatic paint on the fibers or the sole that when it's running real fast and perhaps the foot heats up with the ground, I don't know, uh, could show some colors. All right, Josh. All right. We're workshopping this. There might be something in there. Yes, Todd. I used to have those kids' gloves, freezy freakies. That way they would change colors or they would different pictures would change on your gloves. So there could be something to that. Thank you, Todd. Oh, now you're all well. in on my good idea. I, I, again, I think it's a fun, cute no, idea. No, no, you, I don't know if you I'm bailed. Ooh, a you, cute idea. Yeah, that, that's horrible. Yeah. I offended you. Yeah. No, you look cute. I'm stopping today. just short of good. I'm going to go with fun slash cute. Yeah. Uh, Smitty in Virginia Beach. Hey, Smitty. Hey, top of the morning, JDP. How are you? Hey, bud. Uh, hey, hey, would you guys shut down this? Sorry, kid's home from school. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I wanted to add in there. Guys, seriously, shush. Um, I, NFL, you fumble it out of bounds and you get to keep the ball. Bad idea. Good idea. The other team gets the ball on the 20-yard line like a touchback. What do you think? Good idea? How old's your son? Seven. <laughs> Don't say it that way. <laughs> Sounds like Dad's uh, having know, a long day. From, Come on. Uh, he's home from sick. He's supposed to be watching Prices Right, but he's over here. <laughs> 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 uh, things. He's like sick, you know. What are you supposed to be doing, Smitty? Oh, I'm working from home, DP. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you, Smitty. He's seven. That was a classic day off. Well, Price is right. Probably Sports Center two hours repeated back to back. How old's your son? Seven. <laughs> two hours in the books. One more to go. Reggie Miller will join us in about 30 minutes from now. One more item as we close out hour two. You ever wanted to do this for a living? Somebody you know wanted to do this for a living? Well, here's the place to start. Full Sail University. I launched the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. You get your bachelor's degree in sportscasting. We teach you all aspects of it from in front of the camera, behind the camera, podcasting, radio, everything in between. So many things to love about Full Sail's approach to education. What they do is they combine hands-on learning, immersive projects, a faculty with real-world experience, 
students over 200 years of experience in the business. So we're letting these students know what the industry is like before they get into the industry. We help them get jobs. We stay in touch with them after they've gotten their jobs. At Full Sail University, earn your bachelor's degree in about half the time, as short as 20 months. You can choose to earn your degree online or on Full Sail's campus in Orlando. Learn more about the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. Go to fullsail.edu slash danpatrick. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.